Oh my goodness, guten tag and bienvenidos listeners. Welcome to Uber Cinco Live, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives. I'm Brian Ernst, your host for today's festivities, and in the den is Mitch Brinkman versus Nathan Henenfent. Today, our contestants will reveal and defend their top five world history Tinder matches. You heard me correctly. Future podcast listeners, this episode is being recorded live on St. Patrick's Day. So welcome to all of our live stream viewers, which we can only assume is our moms. If they, in fact, open the link correctly, we will not be able to troubleshoot their Wi-Fi for the next hour. So dads, this one's on you. Turn it off, turn it back on again. That's what I, Chris O'Dowd, and Richard Iowate do. So please take that advice. It is time to introduce our honored guests. You know him as the Ginger Prince, the number one evangelist for small businesses, but most importantly, our special little guy, it's Mitch (laughs) Brinkman. How are you, sir? Hey, uh, this is the only reason I grew a mustache was to be able to put foam on it uh, during the live show. So here we go. Mm. <laughs> oh, here it comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm, that's, wow. that's the best joke I have. Okay. Um, <laughs> but of course, today I want to spotlight a small business. Wexford Irish style cream ale brewed in England. But it's Irish. <laughs> so, um, it comes from Suffolk uh, in England. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, I try to dress up a little bit. I, I don't know if, it, if this comes off right, but this is a green turtleneck. It's green, I promise. Oh, so. wow. Well, it looks great. It looks great. Thank and you. nothing but turtlenecks and blazers, the best look out there. All right. Mm-hmm. And his challenger is a man that year by year has absorbed every follicle of hair I have left. He can still dunk at 34, and he's the future owner of my 3,000-square-foot dream home. It's Nathan Henenfent. How are you, sir? Greetings. Thank you. Good to be here. I'm well. Uh, I do want to say that Mitch has gotten me a hundred times over the years. If we're out at an Irish pub watching our favorite soccer team, he'll order a Boddington's, I believe, his, his beverage of choice for this particular joke. And, which is a very foamy beer. And I'll be looking at the game intently, cheering on my beloved Manchester United. And Mitch will ask me an incredibly serious question that's a little bit out of context for where we're at. And so I'll give it some thought and I'll turn back to him and he'll have a complete straight face and the biggest foam mustache in the world. And it's it has gotten me every single time. And I just I just pray for all of our listeners out there that one day they, too, will be on the receiving end of the uh, foam mustache gag from Mitch. <laughs> oh, man, what a show do we have in store? We got more, more, more mustache and Boddington plugs. What else could anyone ask for on this St. Patty's Day? <laughs> uh, if you like what you hear today, consider heading on over to bizbear.biz to submit your own topic suggestion uh, for a future show. It may even end up on an episode. And if you are a first timer in the Ubersenko den, let us wake you out of hibernation with a quick rundown of the rules.
And as host, I'm entitled to institute a house rule uh, for today's game. Later on in the show, we will be joined by a very special guest with two whimsical tales. Story one will be assigned to Nathan. Story two will be assigned to Mitch. The more embarrassing story about my past will award three points to the victor. So either way, I lose. (laughs) (laughs) And in honor of St. Patrick's Day, don't forget to stick around uh, to the end of the show where I will reveal my Fast Five send-off, the top five Patricks. Nathan, you won the pre-show bull riding contest lasting an impressive 8.6 seconds. So you, sir, will go first. All right. My number five in my uh, Tinder matches of historical figures I wish would have hooked up is Abraham Lincoln, 16th president of the United States, and Dorothy Parker, uh, author, critic, and well-known wit in the 1920s. Uh, And... This is one that I wish would have happened in the modern day so they could have been flirting with each other on Twitter for all to see because these are two people who could jam just 17 different types of humor into one 10-word sentence. They were hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Abraham's Abraham's uh, profile would be uh, Abe, 50, lawyer, Springfield, Illinois. Hobbies, reading and wrestling. He was a wrestling champion in his youth. Not a lot of people know that. Uh, his uh, little summary would be small time, small town lawyer who stumbled in big, stumbled into big time politics. And on his profile picture, what could be sexier than just the five dollar bill? That is pretty good. <laughs> that would have you're not you're not going to swipe left on the five dollar bill. Then uh, then Dorothy, uh, you know, she would uh, hers. Hers would say writer, theater critic, funniest person in the room. Her hobby would be being nominated for Academy Awards, which she was. Uh, as a screenwriter later in her career. And her profile picture would be one that I found of her with a group of people that included Harpo Marx. She was hanging out with the likes of uh, Faulkner and the Marx Brothers. And uh, she she was part of the Algonquin Roundtable, which was, I think it was an Algonquin hotel. And she just yep. basically hung out there and was just hilarious with people. And that was basically like what she was known for. And uh, the... The, the brevity being the soul of what I would like to share just a couple of uh, quotes from these two individuals. Uh, first from uh, Dorothy is um, somebody walked into the Algonquin room and said that President Calvin Coolidge uh, was dead. And Dorothy said, how could they tell? <laughs> and then and then uh she you know she was known it was like oh so dorothy people say you can come up with something funny to say about anything and she said uh yeah probably and they said come up with something funny to say about horticulture and she said you can lead a horticulture but you cannot make her think and <laughs> that's one of my favorite quotes ever and then uh, for, for Abe Lincoln, I have this for the, for those watching on the YouTube stream or Facebook or wherever. I have this book here. This is the wit and witticism of Abraham Lincoln, which was given to me by my grandfather. Um, and this book was printed in the 1800s. And it has this. This is the actual post-it note that was in it when my grandfather sent it to me. And I'm going to read oh. it to you now. Nathan, we put this in the microwave after washing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is actually what this says. 
I've never quite gotten a full explanation from my grandfather on to what that means or why books needed to be washed and or microwaved. But I suspect my grandmother, my dear departed, uh, lovely grandmother, Betty, was probably behind that scheme. Uh, but we have uh, we have uh, some great little letters here uh, from Abe Lincoln. Um, everything was was so, so beautiful and so short. Uh, this this is uh, Lincoln recommending a more appropriate punishment to a 14 year old. Uh, who had a drummer boy in the army who had been sentenced to death. And uh, this is to Edwin Stanton, Secretary of War. My dear sir, hadn't we better spank this drummer boy and send him back to Leavenworth? <laughs> hey, Lincoln. Or, uh, or this is uh, a mother seeking employment for her two sons. My dear sir, the bearer of this, or the lady bearer of this says she has two sons who want to work. Set them at it if possible. Wanting to work is so rare a want that it should be encouraged. Your obedient servant, Abraham Lincoln. I love that. <laughs> your obedient servant is is one of my favorites, and I couldn't find the page in the in the book. But my all time favorite one is um, somebody sent him a uh, a complaint about General Grant, uh, who more or less won the war for the the Union in the Civil War. And it, about him being entirely, you know, drunk and he's always drinking whiskey and smoking cigars and that's, you know, being a degenerate. And Abraham Lincoln's reply was, find out what whiskey he's drinking and send a crate of, of it to the rest of my generals. <laughs> so uh, these so Dorothy Parker and Abraham Lincoln, they could just jam all kinds of uh, good stuff into 140 characters. I would love to see the romance play out on uh on Twitter, in the Twitter sphere, their first date, I think they would uh, be strolling along Domino Park in Williamsburg in, in uh, Brooklyn. They'd go through independent bookstores. Uh, Abe will have tickets to the theater. But Dorothy, in her role as a theater critic, will have already seen our American cousin featuring John Wilkes Booth. And she'll talk him out of it. They'll go have ice cream sundays. Everybody lives happily ever after. There's my number five. <laughs> And wow. I think one five dollar bill could pay for everything. You need to have about two fifty left over too. And those- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think their entire relationship would be done on that five dollar bill in modern standards. Yeah. yeah. I've got a uh, five here, Dorothy. Do you want a house and a horse and a date and a Sunday? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh God. Is that uh, how Abe Lincoln spoke? And pretty that, that's my impression of Daniel Day Lewis. Doing an impression of a, or sorry, not impressing, becoming Impressive. Abe Lincoln. But, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know if anybody noticed while watching Lincoln that uh, Daniel Day Lewis did that entire movie on his left foot. I, I couldn't believe that that was actually possible, but <laughs> that man has stayed in character for nearly a decade, so that's pretty cool. All right, Nathan, we got a whole show to fill up here, so I'm not going to ask any follow ups. Uh, Mitch, I need to get your number five before we move on here. Sure. Yeah. Um, my number five. This is a couple who they won't make a lot of eye contact on their first date. Uh, it'll feel robotic. You know, it'll feel like they're just kind of like checking the boxes until they can get to the other stuff. And the first one I'll mention is, and I, I might be mispronouncing this because uh, it is a, a Hungarian countess, but um, Elizabeth Bathory or Bathory, I'm not sure how you would pronounce it, but Oh, <laughs> our first Uber stare down. Oh, oh my Atlanta. Elizabeth has shown up on two lists here. Uh, Mitch, Mitch, who did, who, who did you pair with Elizabeth? 
Well, so, I mean, we, we know Elizabeth um, was uh, very wealthy, kind of controlled, you know, like the community of serfs and and had uh, endless money. Well, her family is one of the, the wealthiest Protestant families in all of Europe. So she lured hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of young women to her uh, manor and uh, sadistically tortured them, killed them, uh, you know, m- m- mutilated genitalia was an absolute horrific monster perhaps the, the the largest killer in all of history if you're not counting of course you know uh dictators or you know war people um is that is it the war, war, war people? people yeah that's war people yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, yeah war people. that's what i have i have that in the book right here yeah <laughs> okay good yeah, yeah yeah and uh and of course she didn't answer for her crimes all of her assistants and like people who worked for her and you know butlers and chauffeurs answer her crimes but she would date someone who's caused just as much misery if not more Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, <laughs> again, uh, just j- just like uh, uh, Elizabeth's theory on on hosting people, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's um, uh, ethos at, at uh, Facebook is move fast and break things. And so um, these these two will, will pair very nicely as a disgusting. Uh, God, take his picture down. I, I don't even want to look at it. It makes me so angry. I just want to punch it. I hate him so much. But um, but she'll discover in this new age of obviously heightened security with uh, you know um, uh, digital powers, Facebook will help her lure a lot more people in for a lot more uh, disgusting, dirty games. So I think these two um, will will last as long as they can trust each other. You know, uh, Mark might have to create eight to ten fake Facebook accounts to like catfish her to like get her out of the house so he can have someone else kill her um, or she's just going to kill him and it's going to take forever. It's going to take a couple years. Um, kind of like, like, like the death of Facebook, you know, remember when he used to be cool. It's not cool anymore. It's like a slow decline. That that's kind of what his death will be like. And to um, all of our live stream listeners watching on Facebook live tonight, <laughs> please stay with us. Uh, and Mr. Zuckerberg, please do not take us down. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As Mitch just completely bashes the service we're using for free. <laughs> hey, we are, I, I we are, we are the product. I know we are the product. It's not free. It's about the culture. It's not about the, te- whatever. I think these two would make a horrifically um, just boring couple. And uh, th- they would just delight in their in their um, idiosyncrasies or their mystic uh, um, egotism. I'm not sure exactly what, but they're not. Ah, ah, God. Just- <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have billions of dollars. Get a better hairstylist or a barber or whatever, or just wear a wig. Wear an incredible wig. Call up someone in Hollywood and <laughs> put down millions of dollars for the best wig you can find and wear that instead, Mark Zuckerberg. Okay. <laughs> all right and uh mr nathan your your rebuttal here who did you pair with lovely elizabeth well i had her i and i'm so glad that we had the same one because mitch just got to do all the explaining and clearly did all the research that i didn't do <laughs> and was worried i was gonna be exposed on but uh so yeah so i'll just say for her everything mitch said and mm-hmm. we'll move on i had her paired with henry the eighth uh oh. henry the eighth now, so, you know, his his uh, profile would just be like, I'm the king, like, you know, what's up? And uh, his hobbies, <laughs> so- hunting, hunting, jousting, that's all you need to know. Relationship history, it's complicated, but don't worry, the exes will not be interfering. Uh, profile <laughs> picture, the most flattering one imaginable since whoever painted it didn't want their head chopped off. 
And then uh, Elizabeth, she's uh, you know she's super rich. She lives in a castle. She's a natural match for for Henry. He's uh, already had six wives. Uh, she seems like a prime candidate. But the reason why I wanted to pair these two up is, uh, well, so this Henry the Eighth guy. The more I learn about him, <laughs> the less I like him. He's he seems to be a bit of a problem. Uh, I mean, the it's been in the news recently about. Uh, the, the royal family and uh, Meghan Markle, their mistreatment of Meghan Markle. And I, I think, boy, you, you think the royal family is bad now. Wait till you hear about this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this, good point, think, good point. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about uh, the, the spouses of any uh, royal family members now, but at least they haven't been executed on some trumped up charges. Uh, so basically, it's time yeah. for Henry VIII to get his, his comeuppance. I found someone of the nobility in Europe. Uh, they they were they didn't live that far. Like they're within a century of each other. We'll we'll, we'll hook them up, and then we're just gonna just gonna hope that it plays out that uh, Elizabeth. Like the the biggest rumor about her, and I, I'm not sure this one's true, but they said that she with these people she killed, she would actually bathe in their blood because she thought it would preserve her youth. And I think what better comeuppance to Henry VIII who who had chopped off the heads of not only his wives, but his closest friends, people who, who were his staunch allies, people who had helped him get everything he wanted, no regard for human life. Wouldn't it be just complete uh, poetic justice if uh, he met a woman who, who could outdo him in his own maliciousness and uh, she, she bathed in his blood? Sorry, Henry, <laughs> you're coming out on the wrong end of this one. Uh, it was a good run. You had your fun, but your seventh wife would have been your undoing. So that that is why this this would have been my number three. Uh, this was my number three on the list. Wow. Okay. Okay. I mean, she's pretty brutal. So I yeah. mean, this is a pretty <laughs> tough call. Um, I feel like I, I, I'm more surprised by the pairing w- with Zuckerberg, uh, only because. Uh, ah! Oh, but <laughs> just keep doing that every once in a while uh, for you future listeners. You don't get to look at the picture of Zuckerberg. Sorry. I'll say this, this picture you're putting up, it's got a white background, which, you know, makes a very pale person look less pale. Imagine how pale he'd look with a different background. Like, that's what's God. He's just such a I just want to, like, fill his nose with green beans and just, like, stuff his mouth with mashed potatoes and then knock him upside the head. You know, I don't know. And then feed him to Elizabeth Bathory. That's what I. Uh, Uh, i think uh it's probably not an understatement that uh i mean henry the eighth was bad but he was bad within his bubble so i feel like uh zuckerberg's had more of a worldwide approach of stealing things from people that you'll never get back so that's why i'm going to award the stare down points to mitch Uh, Because he does more damage uh, on a global scale. So Mitch gets three points for the stare down, which is his number five. Apparently, uh, I'm sorry, that's zero for Nathan at your three. But you are getting two points for your number five, uh, which was all the way back when we talked about Abe Lincoln and $5 bills um, (laughs) about a century ago there. So before I forget. So now that means we have gotten uh, Mitch is five. Let's go to Nathan's number four. Who do you have on your list? All right. This is this. I think would be a real explosive uh, relationship. It would probably burn out very quickly, but it would, uh, it would be the it would be the cause of a lot of inspiration for both parties. Uh, and this is uh, 
it, it would depending on which time period uh well, really, with either time period we live in, where these two people were contemporary, it would have to be a somewhat hidden and controversial romance. This is Oscar Wilde and William Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, my Lanta! We got another one! Holy God! I was too slow for the video cue, so you guys are getting audio. Hey, all I, right. Brian, Brian, so can you, I just a uh, quick question, Nathan? Yes. Is this like Bill Shakespeare himself or his team of ghostwriters that are all dating Oscar Wilde together? Uh, you know, I was gonna I was gonna work in some jokes about that, but then I figured you would bring it up for me. So, <laughs> uh, but, but no, this is this is Bill Shakespeare himself, uh, B- Bill Shakespeare who did write all of he did write the plays. Well, yeah. Uh, gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's a can that's, of worms we do yeah. not have time well, for today. We'll do, we'll do a whole we'll, top five reasons William Shakespeare did write the plays of William Shakespeare. That's another list I have for a different day. I never but, noticed uh, B- Bill. Bill has an earring. I never noticed that in that painting. I, uh, he does have an earring for, in there. For, for people at home, I, I can I cannot con- earring. It looks fake in that painting, though. That's what I'm. I'm, I'm kind of. I can't confirm or deny that this is an accurate photo <laughs> <laughs> from Wikipedia. Well, this the, <laughs> this brings me back to his uh, his Tinder profile, which I have. It says yeah. he's a playwright and actor, mm-hmm. and he's going to specify he's in an open marriage, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. Uh, as he was married to Anne Hathaway. But a lot of speculation about Shakespeare's uh, romantic life. Uh, he did write tons of sonnets that appear to be uh, written for a young man, uh, leading to the... Uh, you know, sexuality, uh, ambiguousness that allows him to be uh, paired up with Oscar Wilde in this scenario. Um, and then uh, for his profile picture, that's the one, because I think there's only that and maybe one other possible picture of Shakespeare. I I don't think there's there's many portraits of him. It's it's very uh, well, it's really up in the air that maybe that's what he looks like. Maybe that's somebody else. I don't know. Maybe it's the guy who actually wrote the plays, according to Mitch. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then, uh, then, then Oscar Wilde, uh, his profile. He's going to say he's also a playwright and he's in an open marriage, possibly because Oscar Wilde, who who was gay and, and went to prison for being gay, but he he did marry a woman and, and have children. So uh, he's you know they're both sort of in in, in similar tempestuous uh, uh, marriage scenarios. And then his profile picture, uh, it gets older all the time, but he doesn't. Uh, that's a great joke. Uh, <laughs> that joke works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the, the relationship here, it, it, it would be short. It would be intense. They'd be strolling along the, the Thames River in London, uh, the South Bank where Shakespeare's theater was. They would be uh, holding court at all the numerous taverns uh, in London and uh, just Whoopsies. espousing. Oh, hello. <laughs> don't don't look at that. Don't look at that. There's been an error. We've been hacked. Oh, no. We've been hacked. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Sorry. Continue, Nathan. That is my fault. Uh, well, no, I just I, I think that this would be this would be one that would be all over the tabloids. It would uh, it would it would be talked about for centuries later. They would both produce amazing works of of theater based on their relationship and so it may have just been a fleeting fling for the two of them but it would uh live on in legend for all time and uh that is why it is my number four they do look cute together i gotta admit i mean this is a pretty good uh side by side but uh mitch who did you pair 
with Mr. Wild. Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly also Oscar could spare a lot of hair to help Bill with that receding hairline um, very easily. Uh, again, wigs, guys, let's go to wigs <laughs> if you need to. Um, but no- hey, it's not their fault. <laughs> Um, the person i paired oscar wilde with uh is is a scion and that is america's own rupaul and (laughs) the reason i am pairing these two is that they both uh like in the importance of being earnest and rupaul's drag work it's sort of like a commentary on on staid gender roles and like and just like the the the, the normal like uh, like cliche uh, identity um, bullshit that people fall into and it's sort of like both of them were kind of Oscar Wilde for sure was a a uh, a flouting dandy I mean this man went all over tried to cause as much stir as possible he was all about um, uh, aesthetics I mean I, I read that in his one of his first society parties he attended he wore a suit. That within it made the sounds. I think it was, was a cello or an accordion. So this guy was like, "Give me some attention. I'm out here. I am peacocking. I am here to be the pure cock of the walk. This is performance. This is design. This is art. This is style. And so this is why these two men pair wonderfully together. Um, RuPaul is a musician, a movie producer, an actor. Um, and his empire that he's built combined with Oscar Wilde's writing, because RuPaul is not considered a uh, – uh, like he has written some books, but, um, but not considered a, you know, a high-level writer. Oscar Wilde would fill in those gaps there. This would be an insane power couple. Um, cannot imagine – I mean they would rule the Met Gala – uh, fashion ball from here <laughs> till they die. It would be no contest. Um, their date, their first date would be like on the top of a skyscraper. Like, you know, someone would rent like a private roof deck and there'd be flowers everywhere and, you know, costumed servers. It'd be, it'd be an absolute whirlwind fantasy relationship. And the, 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 the paps, the, the tab boys would be all over them. They'd be following them at every movement. They'd be trying to get the photos. And uh, <laughs> the tab boys. Yeah. Uh, Did you say tabloids or tab boys? I said boys. the tab boys because tabloids. Okay, tabloids, good. I'm making sure uh, I heard that know, correct. I, I like the tab that. Tab boys. And the, uh, <laughs> yeah, tab boys. Tab, tabroids? <laughs> no, not, not tab boys. No, tab boys. Tab boys. I know I, should, I shouldn't put two Bs together. I know that. Uh, but uh, this. <laughs> Just like the 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 amount of 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 I'm, I'm going to use it. I've said it before, joie de vivre. The amount of joie de vivre that would just come <laughs> their backsides as they sashay down uh, any avenue in any major city in the world uh, would be would be astounding. And I think that um, they both are like RuPaul. One extremely hard worker has been doing it day in day out for uh, three decades now. Oscar Wilde. Got famous before he had actually done anything. He just had a PR team send out letters to America to fancy people, and he did an Oscar Wilde tour before he had ever actually done anything good. And so that talent of just like setting yourself up to to like you know risk it for the biscuit, if you will, uh, you know, fake it until you're making it, um, and then having this incredible facade, both of them, and uh, the, the high art they both achieved is pretty pretty damn cool. So 
Um, I think this would be the most audacious, fanciest, most refined power couple you'd find. Period. End of story. Dropping the mic. Uh, you know, there it is. Thank you very much. I'm gonna go now. Schlante, happy St. Pat's. I just want it. Thank you very much. I'm gonna go home. So, all right, don't get ahead of okay. yourself there, Mister right. Ginger Prince guy. Okay. Um, do you think your couple would be as powerful or a, a, as we'll say uh, UK media attentiony as the like the royal family? Do you think they would get this page six placement in the UK tabloids as much as Mitch's couple? Uh. No, my, my if you're you're asking me like my my couple this is more this is more for for history. This is one that is going to be out it talked about down the ages just like Shakespeare himself, just like Wilde himself. Uh the, the works that will be a fruit of the uh union will will last for centuries into the future. And uh, so so you know maybe maybe it won't be maybe it won't be uh as as hot goss at, in the moment. But I think uh, it will go down as one of the legendary affairs. It won't just be fleeting and in the moment uh, situation. Well, okay. I I never said this is going to be a fleeting in the moment relationship. No, this is these are both groundbreakers. I mean, uh, RuPaul has 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 brought forward uh, LGBTQ plus causes like light years. Done so much for it. So I I don't know. I I, I think that that this would be just as talked about, if not more, and there'd be a lot more photos to prove it, you know, down the road. So <laughs> as kids, as kids always say to me, pick or it didn't happen, uh, you know, when I'm bragging about my basketball exploits at the park. So, um, just, you know, put it out there. So I'm at a crossroads here. I don't know which way to me. go because me, Brian, again, me. again Come on. Look how cute look how cute they look next to each other. But you're right, this is a powerhouse couple that would probably take things into the next level. Oh, oh, um, also, 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 also. Wait, wait, wait. This is very important too. At this the buzzer, at the buzzer. Go ahead, yeah, sneak this it is very in. Important. And this is why this is why they are such uh, it, uh, uh, a couple that people can literally look up to. Oscar Wilde, six foot three. RuPaul, six foot four. That is Two sequoias of excellency <laughs> and hot damnness. So, well, a little in, little known fact, little known fact, and you absolutely cannot refute this. There is no if evidence saying that this is not true. Together, no. the equal Shakespeare, twenty-five. Shakespeare yeah. was seven foot three. It's just it's a it's true. <laughs> it's he was seven three. Find a place that that lists his height. Otherwise, you can't. Shakespeare was seven if, three. It, so there if you he go. was seven foot three, <laughs> when he fell through the trap door at the Globe Theater, he would break all of his ankles, and you could still see his head on the stage. So, um, all of his ankles? Are there more than two? <laughs> all of them. No, all, just, all, ten, of all ten of his ankles. All ten of his ankles. He was seven three. He had out. ten ankles. He was a genetic <laughs> freak. It was, but he was so remarkable. It's the least talked about aspect of him. What the a guy! Bottom, the bottom half of his shin is actually four stacked ankles. On each hold on, leg. hold on. Saying all of his ankles is the same as both of his ankles. Just yeah, saying all of his ankles doesn't mean there's more than two ankles. That's just all of the ankles. So you could have just said ankles, and for that, you're losing the there. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Go all right, three points to Nathan. Go, uh, go Nathan. This was your. Some- Cloudy cliffs into the sea near the I shall. Irish. Na- Na- this was your number four, correct, Nathan? It was, yes. Okay, and then was this Mitch? Was this your number four as well? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for yeah. clarifying. It was such a gusto. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. I feel like you need a, 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 a as a reward to get out of your little your little slumperoonie here, Mitch. I will give you a, a chance to go with your number three. Oh wait, actually, I'm sorry. I just lied to you. I'm sorry. I just lied to you. That was actually my number two, what? not my number four. Sorry. Was, oh was, was, my! I just said yes uh, out of out of out of reflection. I'm sorry. Okay. No, that's uh, okay. I could easily scratch off this zero and move it lower on my page. That's not fine. a problem. That's fine. Okay. All right, Mitch. Uh, you're number four now, Mitch. My number four. Yes. Whew. Okay. This is another. Uh, <laughs> this is this is an explosive couple, but on the opposite end of the spectrum. This is. Um, uh, a, a, a woman named Carrie A Nation. Carrie A Nation, very fun name. You can spell it with an I E or a Y as well. Um, if you're wondering, as I talk about her, but she was a famous um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> religious and uh, uh, I guess just like moral activist in the early 20th century. And she was uh, very much a strong woman. Uh, divorced her husband, uh, re rebuked her husband's treatment of her. Um, divorced him. Uh, got married a second time. That one died. And after that, she was like, no more husbands. Don't need them. Don't want them. Not doing anything for me. And uh, she became very famous because in Kansas, she was um, uh, very much for prohibition and wanted the drink and, uh, you know, the, 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 the devil's water to be, to be cleansed from her communities. And, uh, yeah, cheers to that on St. Patty's Day. And so she was famous for going to drinking establishments, walking in with a couple of her supporters as she would recite facts about uh, the dangers of drinking and or uh, scripture and would have a hatchet and would just smash bars apart and smash glasses and break tables and break stools and break chairs. And uh, she was uh, – and she called that hatchetations. Uh, that was her hatchetation work. <laughs> and so uh, she, was, she was a very strong lady, um, strong opinions, uh, but, cared, but cared much for um, – the 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 um the uh, downtrod upon and the less fortunate and uh, cared about children did a lot of charity work in her life and so naturally uh i think she would see this guy initially and maybe she thinks she could change him you know maybe this is after a couple decades of being alone she thinks you know what my twilight years uh, let's give it a shot again she goes on 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 older tinder um G geriat geriatric tinder i don't know if they even have that but uh i think it's uh, just tinder finds, but is it just tinder? Old, okay, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah okay. but old people using it yeah it's yes. geriatrics only it was acquired by the farmer's brand so sure it's very sure. specific niche yep and uh and she'd find this guy you know she'd be on vacation in california trying to soak up some extra vitamin d and she'd match with none other than uh than than richard nixon uh, and, uh, <laughs> boy, oh boy, uh, old, old tricky Dick <sighs> finally, finally meets his match. And, uh, he thinks, and of course he's, he's really full of himself. So he thinks, you know, I was president. I could do whatever I want. I'm going to, I'm going to turn this lady. If you will, I'm, I'm going to make her like me. I'm going to charm, I'm going to charm, charm her pants off. And, uh, guess what? Old, old, old Dicky boy, it won't work. Uh, uh, uh. And uh, Nixon, of course, a famous alcoholic and also a famous um, – he loved – was it barbiturates and sleeping pills? And so like after a couple of drinks, he would literally just start going haywire in the White House. And uh, there's one story – I can't remember after what uh, legislation it had passed, but he left the White House wasted 
and went to the Lincoln Memorial where people were holding um, a vigil for someone or, or doing like an overnight protest. And he just went there and asked like just random Americans how he was doing and asked them like basically to like help prop up his ego because he was so worried about um, him doing a bad job. But then, of course, then when he'd sober up, then he just went back to being a terrible guy again. Um, <laughs> but so I, I, I think both of these people together, Nixon, you know, because he experienced a lot of power throughout his life, governor of California, goes on to be president, kind of like takes what he wants when he wants. He thinks, you know, this is this is like a fun project for him or something. And then Carrie a Nation comes in there and smashes the, the scotch glass right out of his hand with the blunt end of the hatchet. And uh, this... This relationship is over before the bill drops. Uh, Nation <laughs> splits the table and she walks out, and and Nixon pays, and and uh, and it's over. So, but I think with the but the blunt end of the hatchet, she's doing all this work. Well, she's that's a lot of power. She doesn't want to like cut the glass and his hand. She just wants to break it. So that's that's why she's using the blunt end on that one. So more, so it's a more of a misery approach, like sledgehammer with a with a timber, exactly. not a. Not a exactly. uh, Lizzie Lizzie Borden type <laughs> situation. Exactly. Uh, see, I'm on board with you here. I'm on board. Um, tricky Dick, Tricky Dick, Tricky Dick. This is your number four. We've already heard Nathan's number three. This is a, this is a strong mm-hmm. number four. And anything that has Richard Nixon getting hit with a blunt object of any kind, on or near him, I think is a, a, a satisfying piece. Nathan, do you have anything to add to uh, Mr. Nixon here? Uh, no, but I, I have an aside that I just received a text message from uh, a Mr. Steve Moore, who is one of our closest friends in the entire world. And his text was, are you working? So apparently he didn't know that we were live streaming our podcast for the first time ever. So thanks, Steve. Right. <laughs> thanks for your support. That is minus three points for Steve Moore. Who clearly is not checking the social meds. Uh, Mitch, that is three points for you. Uh, again, Thank love you, hatchets. Sarah. I love hatchets. So you had Thank me at hatchet is what I'm trying to say. Uh, that was Excellent. your number four. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Nathan's number two to get some diversity here, please. All right. My, my number two, this is one of those where they meet and a romance doesn't necessarily spark but a, a friendship does, and this can happen. This can happen in the, the world of the dating apps. You can just make, you can, turns out, you can just make friends on there. Doesn't have to be any, uh, you know, any romantic uh-huh. end game. Yeah, it, it happens. So uh, this is uh, two people who have somewhat similar interests. There's no sexual chemistry, but uh, they, they get along really well intellectually and uh, then they become colleagues. And I'm talking about Amelia Earhart and Roger Lee Easton. So Amelia Earhart, as we all know, oh, look at, yes, what a handsome fella. Yes. You you wonder why there wasn't sexual chemistry. Roger Lee Easton with his, uh, his wow. comb over and uh, jowls. Um, I, I actually hadn't seen a picture of him before. This was this was the last <laughs> this was the last addition to my list. I was really uh, pushing it. Um, <laughs> anyways, was this, guy, uh, was this guy Nixon's accountant or who was he? Who was this guy? Well, well, well. Amelia Earhart is she's trying to circumnavigate the globe in her airplane, be the first person to ever do it. This is 
this is the thing she's known for. Tragically, uh, she was she disappeared. Uh, she was somewhere in the South Pacific. She was they were looking for it was it's an island. It's only like 2000 feet long or something. That's where they were trying to land. But she had this complete clown, Fred Noonan, as her navigator. Fred Noonan. I mean, come on, Fred Noonan. Ugh. What are we going to do with this guy? So Fred Noonan wasn't getting the job done. Fred so Noonan, we needed, more like dead Noonan, right? <laughs> well, yeah. he, he, very nice. <laughs> he certainly is now. So we needed Roger Lee Easton to be on Tinder back then, matching with Amelia Earhart, and then Roger Lee Easton, the man who invented GPS. <laughs> solely responsible <laughs> we want this guy in the airplane next to amelia Earhart. they would have been around the world in no time it would have been no trouble whatsoever roger lee they, their first date what what better first date they successfully circumnavigate the globe in an airplane <laughs> and airplanes airplanes back then were basically tin cans with little fans on either side it was it, it would have been majestic <laughs> yeah. And, and also, I want to tell my personal favorite GPS story that's happened to me personally is when I was in downtown Chicago and I needed to get to a FedEx print and ship center and I couldn't find one and I knew there was one close. And so I went to my phone and used the Roger Lee Easton uh, invented GPS and I typed in FedEx print and ship, blah, blah, blah. And then the little directions came up and it said... 14 feet away <laughs> and i have <laughs> never felt dumber in my entire life but uh but it works but but i got there i did i did print off my temporary insurance card for my my car uh yeah so happy ending wow. to that story so it just goes to show roger lee easton gets results we needed him in the cockpit amelia Earhart would have got home safe they would have had a long lasting friendship doesn't have to be romance Boys and girls, Tinder can uh, it can lead to uh, exploratory, wonderful achievements uh, and some platonic friendships along the way. There you go. I'm, I'm trying to bring my head back. I mean, I'm just so riveted by that FedEx Kinko story. I don't know how to circle back. <laughs> Let me circumnavigate back to earlier in the story here where I was only picturing uh, Amelia and Noonan. Was he on the plane with her, do we think? Fred Noonan was in the plane with her as okay. a navigator, yes. So my hope in this story is I'm hoping that wherever they crash landed, that they survived the crash landing and she beat him to death with her <laughs> fist before drowning. <laughs> Just because I feel like there needs to be some poetic justice in They're her going down. Because she's the one who gets the bad rap. No one talks about Fred Noonan getting lost or putting them into the Bermuda Triangle or launching them into that hurricane that nobody saw or, oh, my God, there was a tsunami. No, it's like, oh, Amelia Earhart failed in circumnavigating the earth. No, Noonan needs to be yeah, on blast here. Yeah, it's it's time for Noonan to get his comeuppance. Uh, my all my right. apologies to all of his descendants who are who are no doubt listening right now. Um, oh, <laughs> they were no, all no, 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 they were no, all no, big no. fans of the show. Uh, they, yeah. they need to wear this on their sleeves. <laughs> this is this is no 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 no. This is us deciding right here. No more Noonan. Okay. Um. Well, I, I was to say I, I sent them all the links, but I think they accidentally they're live streaming a different podcast right now. Um, so they they couldn't find their way here, uh, unfortunately. But <laughs> they're probably um. watching. On, I mean, we're going to six places right now. 
now they're probably watching on the ones that failed or are not working at the moment that I can't see. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we'll just move on from that. Uh, Nathan, that was uh, your number two um, for putting the image of Noonan getting beat to death, which you didn't say I put in my head. I'll at least uh, I'll give you the three points for this round, which brings me to wow. Mitch. I need your number uh, three. I believe it is. Sure. Well, I okay. First, I'm curious. Now, it, 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 first date, if you go on a on an airplane trip together, just you two, that's taking a long time, right? That's like 48 hours in those days, maybe. Is there anything? <laughs> that's it. Is, is that true? Hours. I'm, or, or, or is it longer to completely? I've I've. They, in a single I, I prop plane uh, from the, I'm, I'm sure they have to make a, a they, couple they made, of stops. They made several, way. they made several fueling stops. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, but I'm saying like, okay, like today's planes, I guess I was talking, it'd probably take 48 hours to, to, to get around everywhere. Right. Probably. Yeah. Well, sure. Probably. Let check okay. the science on that. And yep, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. Well, no, I was just thinking like, what is something I would actually do for 48 hours straight with someone I just met, you know, not, not the obvious thing, you know, not the obvious, like, you know, kissy, kissy, yeah. uh, smooshy, smooshy thing. Uh, but, um, but you know, you know, like, is there anything I would actually do? And I think, I think the only thing would be if I met someone and then like went on a camping trip with their family, I think that would be my perfect first foray in what's up. Like, you know, um, you're out in the woods so you, so you can get away and think, you know, buy some trees <laughs> by yourself yeah. a little bit here and there. Hopefully there's no toilets. Everyone's pooping out of doors. You know, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's the ice, you know? And then also I know how to build a fire and, and pop some tents and, you know, cook meat over an open flame. So, so when you, Mr. when you match on, when you match on Tinder, you're thinking, man, I really hope that our first date, <laughs> I get to poop behind the same tree as this lady's dad. That's what I'm looking for. Nathan, people don't poop behind the same tree when you go out camping. Everyone has their own poop area, and you tell them, I'm going out to read a magazine, and then no, everyone knows that's their area. You don't go there. Uh, Am I the only one who's pooped out of doors before? Yes. Really? I have not pooped, have not pooped outdoors. Oh, okay. Here, oh, just I, I, I want to hear an activity you guys would do for a long time, first date, but I just want to tell you once. I found a great log and I'm sitting on the log. Okay. But it was on a hill. And as I'm about to go for the, 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 the toilet paper, reach out and I actually knock it off the log and it rolls down the hill. So I had to get up and go down and retrieve the toilet paper and roll it back. Actually, I just tore it off. I didn't roll it back up, but still <laughs> there is nothing more um, animalistic and dehumanizing than chasing after toilet paper down a hill when you just <laughs> pants are on your ankles going downhill <laughs> like black uh, oh. um, the Chris Farley and black sheep that's all I exactly happening exactly. Uh, before you move on to what I believe is your number three Mitch we do have a comment here from your good buddy Robert Callahan who oh, said sure. that uh, if you kiss for 48 hours straight uh, you'd probably have to go to the hospital so uh, <laughs> That's a very good point. Make sure you put wow. that, that. Yep, good point. <laughs> you know, and, and and hopefully, hopefully the the the, the surgeon's very talented and he can detach us quickly. You know, but yeah, good point, Robert. Uh, thank you for, for for bringing that up. Um, <laughs> You're number three, yes. sir. Oh yeah, my number three. Okay, um, it is this this one is uh you know young people use Tinder in different ways. They um it's not just. It's not just one on one now. Some people go on as couples, and uh, this one would be would be one of those kind of uh, 
you know, uh, free for alls it would be. So this is this is um, I'm, I'm calling this a big puppy pile because everyone's young in this in this scenario. Um, it's it's a young Lana Turner, it's a young Rob Lowe, it's a young Candace Bergen, <laughs> a young Tay Diggs, <laughs> and a young Leonardo DiCaprio, and maybe you know some of our friends. Maybe it's like all the guys are that maybe they have an account together, or maybe you know Rob Lowe, Candy Bergen, Lana Turner all live in the same apartment complex, and they're just looking for friends or something. Um, but we have we have just like people coming of age and becoming stars at different times here. Um, Lana Turner famously discovered uh, ordering a milkshake at the Top Hat Malt Shop in Hollywood. Uh, Candy Bergen, her dad was a ventriloquist, so she was kind of already in the biz a little bit. Leo was working from like I don't know age four on like he just knew the the business inside and out rob Lowe, but <laughs> charlie sheen in high school but just all these people at their at their at their like hot apex when they're like 22 24 whatever it is um you know rob Lowe from outsiders you know um that that era um candy bergen from when she was in uh, i can't remember, remember the name of the movie now but with um elliot gould 1970 film getting um, straight Getting straight. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, one of the most ridiculous and, movies of all time. But Elliot Gould and Candace Bergen just—it's uh, yeah, it's so fun, so fun, very so solid. ridiculous and stupid, but so fun. Yeah. Um, Tay Diggs from the movie with Julia Stiles, where they're dancing together all the way through New York. I can't remember the name of the movie. Now. Did you do any research for this one, or <laughs> no, I did. did you just send me I a did. bunch of names, break the rules, and make me have to put six people in one graphic after I had a perfect template? Wait, what so was me- that? What was that movie though? Uh, uh, d- uh, say say the right dance. No, play the last dance. No. Da, I don't. I don't dance know. Dance the right move. Um, 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 shake, shake and shake and twirl through Brooklyn. No, that wasn't it. Um, uh, dance school. Uh, romance. Um, Julia and Tay have a good time. No, that wasn't it. Uh, Tay Diggs is a pretty good dancer, obviously. Julia <laughs> average. I can't I'm find it. Save the, the whole last dance. Save the last dance. There it is. Save the I, last I, dance. I, I dug. I dug out of my own dumb hole. Okay, but so you you have Leo who's experiencing like insane Titanic fame. So everyone's kind of coming of age in different different eras here. Lana Turner, obviously the 40s, Candy Bergen, late 60s, Rob Lowe, you know, Brat Pack, 80s, Leo uh, doing his thing with his with his pussy posse in like uh, mid to late 90s, and then Tay Dick starting on Broadway and coming over. So this is just one big hot hangout. That That's what this is. And um, yeah, maybe a couple of them will pair off, you know, maybe like in a week, uh, Rob Lowe will text Candy Bergen on the side and be like, hey, do you want to you know, go to Point Doom and like, you know, have a surf and do like a beach fire or whatever. Uh, or, or they just have, have one. A, <laughs> sorry, let's have a surf. <laughs> just what a cool invite to get on. Yeah. Hashtag let's have a surf. That's a California invite right there. You know, couple, oh, hey, man. get some shrimp also, and pineapple. Also, Tay, Tay Diggs was not in uh, Save the Last Dance. Oh, was <laughs> that was... That was a that was a different human being, and his name is Sean Patrick Thomas, who uh, who starred in that no, movie. No, Tate Diggs wasn't something. Oh no, I'm sorry. You're right. Oh my god, I, I'm 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 so embarrassed. He, he was, I'm, oh god, this is egg on my face, egg all over my face, down, down my collar, inside my turtleneck. 
how Stella got her groove back. How Stella got her groove back. There it is. He wasn't. He was in that movie. Yes. yes That's what I'm you were so looking sorry. for this whole time. But Julia Stiles was not in one. that movie, though. No, I, she definitely was not. It was, definitely was not Julia Stiles. No. Um, oh my God. I'm so sorry. I was, I was, Eight, I, Eighteen-year-old I, I, Julia Stiles did not play a forty-year-old black woman. It, that didn't no, happen. No, she. Yeah. No, she absolutely did not. There's I was still time. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, go continue. So yeah, so this is just this is just the hottest group of people looking cool at a bar, and then they go back to someone's you know Hollywood Hills home and just you know do a bunch of cocaine and have some uh, some Zima, and, uh, <laughs> and, and there they go, and there they go. Wow. So yeah, brought to you themselves. by Zima. <laughs> <laughs> and they have themselves a, a, a good old a good old bad time. So there it is. Oh my god, <laughs> that went so many directions. I am. I, I need to deeply apologize to everything Hayden. that could have been answered so, with a simple IMDb search. But no, yeah. our dear listeners don't even get that. Well, uh, I, I, I I'd been doing research and I'd been working all over IMDb the past week, and so I got a little confused. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I understand. I understand. But one, you mixed up Save the Land stance and how Stella got her groove back, and you made me do so much work making that damn graphic that you're only getting <laughs> one point for this round. <laughs> I didn't ask you to make that graphic. <laughs> I, I, I was doing so good, and then all of a sudden I get Mitch's list, and I'm like, well, he's cheating again. These are not the rules. <laughs> no, that's fair. A, a, a pile up is definitely deserving of at least one point. Thank um, you. No problem. But, man, can you believe we're here already? The number ones with all this mixing and matching of stare downs <laughs> and going over the list and not knowing what number we've been on this whole damn time. Let's do a live. It'll be easy. We haven't had stare downs in a while. Here's the two most complicated <laughs> ones we've had in forever. Uh, number one, Mitch, we just heard from you, Nathan. Let's go to you for your number one world history Tinder match. Who do you got for us? All right. Before I reveal my number one, I do want to reveal my number one all time best uh, Tinder breakup from my own oh. personal life where I, I went on three dates with a woman and she broke up with me. And this is, I swear, this is what she said. I'm sure it wasn't the reason, but this is what she said. <laughs> she broke up with me because I'm afraid of heights. So there you go. That's the magic of Tinder, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but she broke up with you because you were afraid of heights. Yeah, which really yeah. has no impact on her life. Well, no, she she uh, she was an avid uh, skydiver. Uh, that was she's like I, I just I want my partner to be able to go skydiving with me, and I was like, well, I that's okay. <laughs> so we we split up. Anyways, that was my favorite breakup that, I've ever had. I, that I, is that the stupidest like thing I've ever heard, and I'm glad it's over because she didn't deserve you. <laughs> Well, that sounds like like an Arrested Development storyline. Where like yes, it doesn't it, work. It completely <laughs> does. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I, I'm guessing I'm guessing she found some other part of me terrible, but just didn't want to say it out loud and was trying to be nice, and that was her excuse. Or, but uh, yeah, she she said she <laughs> she broke up with me because I'm afraid of heights, which I was like upset for like 30 seconds, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm this is this is really I'm really glad this happened to me. Like I've lived a full life. Somebody has broken up with me because I'm afraid of heights. This is I have not been shorted. This is a funny experience. 
Anyways. Uh, <laughs> what a great tale. I mean, yeah. That is the best breakup I've heard of. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Number one, all-time breakup, afraid of heights. Okay, anyways, my number one uh, historical tenor match. This is this is two, two writers, two brilliant minds, two bright young things from England uh, in the Romantic era. Uh, one is the son of uh, William Godwin, who was one of the uh, forerunners of anarchism. And uh, her mother was Mary Wollstonecraft, who is widely credited as being one of the first uh, feminists. And then the other is one of the most acclaimed romantic poets uh, who was tossed out of uh, Oxford for writing a pamphlet entitled The Necessity of Atheism, going you know against the, the Church of England and the establishment in Oxford in the time. Uh, he was all over the tabloids. He was friends with uh, Lord Byron, uh, who was mad, bad, and dangerous to know. They were like modern-day rock stars. Uh, so they they meet up, and it's uh, it's explosive, it's fiery, it's inspirational, and they have the greatest date of all time in which they go up into the the woods in Geneva, Switzerland, with Lord Byron. It was uh, it was called. This is 1816. It was called The Year Without a Summer. And this is uh, unseasonably cool all year. There was some volcano that erupted in the South Pacific and it disrupted the climate the world over. And uh, so they're up in the hills in Switzerland. They're, They're stowed away in this big mansion and they have a contest to see who can write the greatest ghost story and she ends up coming up with Frankenstein. Uh, later, wow. later he dies in, in a shipwreck in Italy, possibly assassinated by government agents. What could be more uh, ro- romantic and exciting than this story? And the thing that makes this one my number one is it's true. This is Mary and Percy Shelley. These two actually found each other and actually lived this life. Uh, I think they're fascinating how I mean, just you, you you couldn't write this story like I, I've wanted so badly to see a movie made of their life. But I think it's one of those where it's like it's it's too good of a story in and of itself where I just don't think anybody's thought they could do justice to the story of these people's lives. But it is a true romance that actually happened. And uh, there you go. That is my absolute number one historical Tinder match. They didn't even need Tinder to do it, but they found each other. And uh, some an, an entire genre of movies happened because of this union and the, the horror movies that, you know, there have been, how many times has Frankenstein been adapted? You know, probably more than any other story in the English language. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Wow. I took a Frankenstein class at DePaul, which actually started with with uh, Shelley all the way up through. um what was the bad one from 1992 that I Kenneth didn't Kenneth Br- Kenneth Branagh with uh, Robert De Niro? Yeah, that one sucks. Yeah, I was not a fan, but uh, it was cool seeing how it's changed uh, through time. Um, I don't know much about Percy, so I can't really jump in here uh, as much as I would like. Uh, uh, Mitch, do you have anything to say about Percy? Because I did not do my research. Uh, you know, uh, this is, uh, I'll be honest, first time I'm hearing about Percy Shelley in my, in my, I know me too. Um, this is, so Nathan, can you please give us a quick dissertation on the rest of Percy Shelley's life? Well, I was, I I was going to say much like my trip to the woods, I'm, I'm caught with my pants down here. So, um, I don't have a lot to add. Uh, well, he's, he's been my favorite poet since I was in college and, uh, 
I, I like really if you wanted me to explain why I like him so much, I would just be sitting here reading uh, early 19th century romantic poetry to our listeners, and I'm not going to subject <laughs> anybody to that. But he, like- you know, he was he was a rebel. He was uh, he was just kind of a, a wispy, uh, you know ethereal individual lived a life of controversy he was in the tabloids um lived a very maverick lifestyle also his poetry is amazing and quite beautiful um the the uh big reference in modern culture is uh the greatest episode of breaking bad which is often regarded as one of the greatest episodes of tv ever made ozymandias which is like second or third to last episode of the series second to last second to second last. to last that is uh ozymandias is uh in the it's the name of a poem that he wrote about a statue of a king that has fallen in the uh, in the desert, and somebody, a traveler, comes across it, and uh, that is wow. that is a poem by Percy Shelley, and um, Brian Cranston recited it in the the uh, trailer for the episode. It was, and it is a great episode, but uh, that's that's one way that Percy Shelley's legacy has lived on. Um, and then, yeah, being being friends with Byron, who was possibly even more charismatic and ridiculous than he was. Um, yeah, is a is cool, cool dude. So I will uh, stop nerding out and let us get on with the show. But yeah, great dude. <laughs> hey, when we, all, we sat down, we put our minds together. We talk about pop culture. We talk about a lot of things, embarrassing stories of our life. And we decided what's going to be the topic that'll be the most generic for a live stream audience. We picked a bunch of dead people and poets. So we are not the smartest people. <laughs> uh, Mitch, you're going to have to take this uh, this one up a notch and see uh, if you can beat his number one. Who do you have on your list, sir? Sure. Well, and, you know, Nathan mentioned he's been his favorite since college, and I roomed with Nathan in college. And you must have been talking about Percy Shelley, but it wasn't loud enough over, um, you know, the, the Wedding Crashers that was on the TV, <laughs> or the uh, or the or the JJ Reddick performances we were watching on ESPN. So uh, I apologize if my ears weren't open at, at those times. Uh, that that um, did make me sound a little more uh, well read than I actually was. As uh, <laughs> yeah. We, um, we we did we did watch Wedding Crashers seventy nine times I think between the years two thousand five and two thousand seven. We did we did. Um, All right, listeners, make make sure you put the kids to bed for this one. Uh, your good friend Robert Callahan has chimed in again, Mitchell. Oh, uh, this time saying Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein because she, Percy, and Lord Byron got bored of fucking each other at the castle. So. There's our last family-friendly approach. Uh, moving on to your number one, Mitch. Lay it on. Robert, Robert, uh, I, I, I miss you dearly. And 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 one day, Robert Mitchum will ride again. Um, I just want to say that quickly. <laughs> Only Robert knows what that means. Um, but but my number one, I'm 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 going to bring us out of the the beautiful, uh, tasteful mountains of Switzerland down into the gutter a bit here. Um, cause my number one couple, uh, they're gonna, they're like, they're both going to insist that the other one comes to their neighborhood for the date. Like neither of them will have, uh, the ego or the, the lack of ego to travel. And so my number one couple is Marge shot and Kim Jong Il. <laughs> what? <laughs> Marge shot, uh, which which you don't see if, if you're watching live here. The photo up here, Marge shot is given a thumbs up. Kim Jong Il given his famous uh, salute to his um, to his nation. And Marge shot was uh, much like Kim Jong Il was famous for 
a, an outfit and she wore often either like an all red or an all white Cincinnati Reds jumpsuit because she was the owner of the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, <laughs> she was infamous for just being just the worst person. Like everyone just said she's vile. She's crude. She was incredibly racist towards everyone. She just like uh, just just all just, you know, all colors, creeds, religions, whoever wasn't white and drunk and and German like like she was uh she she would shots fired at them for sure um there's there's even some um they're, they're pretty sure that some of her cousins were actual like fighters for the axis uh, uh war boys or war people if you will uh, for the axis of evil during world war ii so um not a great history there but like kim jong-il he also has a certain uniform so they each wear a monochromatic uniform which and they're both <laughs> short they're both kind of like weirdly sized um like you, you know they're not they're not um they don't work out you know they're, they're like little you know like a three pound sausage and a two pound skin if you will um each of them kind of come waddling in you know uh they, they each like to drink um i don't know exactly what kim jong-il had for a peck some tree had tons of them but marge shot was famous for her saint bernard shotzi which had full run <laughs> of the cincinnati red stadium and he was famous for leaving poops on the field that she wouldn't clean up and like players would have to be like, Hey, there's dog shit on our professional baseball field. Anyone want to handle with this? Um, and an another way that uh, Marge and uh, Kim uh, were in common here was that Marge was famous for turning off lights and yelling at her employees to turn off lights. If they were leaving their office, even to just get a cup of coffee, she was that cheap. She never re replaced the rugs. But also, like Kim in North Korea, much of his country was dark a lot of the time, trying to save that money. So they both share that kind of um, uh, inclination to not spend on anyone else except for themselves. Um, both just total egomaniacs, uh, stubborn. Um, she did have a soft spot in her heart for animals and children, which, like, people always tell you if you start a foundation, do it for children or do it for animals because people will always give money for that. And Kim had a soft spot for really elaborate musicals and American movies and basketball. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure they'd have some weird eccentric conversations. But mainly I can just imagine them sitting in a corner booth. They're snapping at the waiters, doing the like hand signal where they're like, you know, like, waiter, waiter, you know. <laughs> one more Miller Light, where he's like, "Oh, give me another Champagne Tower," you know, because um, he, he has very, you know, uh, uh, eccentric taste. And she's, you know, a German in Cincinnati. Cincinnati people love drinking beer, so um, I just think that they would be, they would hate each other the whole time. But I think they would feel really comfortable sitting next to each other on like a gold couch as they each just like make other people's lives a living hell. Um, and then they, you know. Uh, and then they watch like documentaries about um, uh, Elizabeth Bathory, you know, together as, as, uh, <laughs> as their sleeping pills take hold and they go to sleep. So I, I remember Marge shot mostly from Sports Center when I was a kid, being like yep. 10 or 12 years old and waking up before school and watching Sports Center at 7 a.m. And she was villainized then. And so I, I didn't have I hadn't really thought about her in like over 20 years. But as you were telling us, I, I looked her up and I'm just doing the the very little research that I've been able to do in the last six minutes or so 
you have actually been very gentle on her. She was yes. horrible. Like there is <laughs> yeah. plenty of stuff here that are available that we should not say because she was yeah. awful. Uh, not not appropriate for a family show, but but I, we will. And- <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, still, she she wasn't uh, she wasn't a tyrant. But it feels like if given the chance, she would have been. So I can see where you're coming from here. She was definitely the, the, the tyrant of the Great American Ballpark, which I think is what the name of the, the Reds stadium was. Um, like she was also known like during contract negotiations, if there was an argument, sometimes she would settle the argument just by flipping a coin rather than actually considering all of like the human elements of someone's employment. You know, like she was just an absolute crazy nutball uh, piece of crap. Also, just like the most racist and uh, in, an, in a nationally televised interview with ESPN said uh, uh, Hitler was was right at the beginning. He just went too far and then didn't back off those comments. And, you know, that is you're like, OK, you're done. Yep. Get get out. Get out. Get up. Party's over. Yep. Get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. So um, that'll do it. And uh, I also learned Kim Jong-il had a. Uh, a, a horrible fear of flying just like his father kim uh kim jong-il sung and so he would ride by train to russia and china for his uh big old meetings or whatever and i imagine that that marge would would be on that train with him and you know her dog would be running up and down the aisles just holding court pooping wherever he wants slobbering on people um knocking you know emissaries over as he as he goes for like a pet or whatever so i think i think these two would be Right off into the well, I, I, I can actually uh, now say definitively this wouldn't work because it was Marge shot that broke been. up with me for being afraid of heights. So, <laughs> oh, oh my god, it's come full circle. Oh no, uh, <laughs> uh, Mitch, we got we got a little bit more show here to fit in, but for bringing us back into the gutter, I'm giving you the sure. full three points because. I mean, yeah. Nathan is the first one ever to to label this a family show, and it sure as shit is not. So, Mitch, you get three points for your final round there. And as I mentioned earlier, I cannot determine a winner without introducing our distinguished guest who has been in the green room with nothing but dry roasted peanuts and a hamster water dispenser for nearly 13 hours now. Uh, if you... If you uh, remember today's house rule, the special guest with the most embarrassing story of me, he's got one story for you, one story for Nathan. Uh, Well, when each of you, one of you, three points, excuse me. So, wow. Let me introduce our special guest. It is Kevin Poe. Poe, sir. Hello, Kevin. Oh, Oh, sorry, guys. I'm going. Looking through my cards, see if I have any uh, March shot cards in here. <laughs> <laughs> What's oh. up, guys? I, I think, I, oh, I think welcome Top, to the show. I think Tops released March shot limited edition uh, bar napkins. I think in 1991, <laughs> so you should look for those. But yeah, her cards were like in, the ones that they used to sell inside the cigarette packs, like in the 20s. I think they kept that on with her. <laughs> her, I, I think Smithfield I was her brand. I'm pretty sure Smithfield. Uh, not a sponsor of the show, but I would love them to be that, a sponsor. That'd be great. That's what it I'm is. That wasn't the name of the ballpark, Smithfield. <laughs> Uh, when he is not co-hosting the marvelous podcast you'll find him on instagram and tiktok as at disney world today kevin can you please tee up uh story number one i'm going to assign to mitch story number two i will assign to nathan 
embarrassing stories you remember of my past. Story number one, take it away. All right. Seeing that I, uh, you know, I run a Disney Instagram page, I figured I'll start us off with a little Disney story. Uh, for all of you who don't know, I had the pleasure of going on two Disney vacations with uh, Brian here. Our first one being in 2008. Uh, it was our senior year of high school. It was like a graduation gift. And, uh, you know, Brian got to tag along with me and the family. So this one's, uh, there's a few few funny moments that happened. Um, first, uh, I'll start off saying we went to uh, a lot of Disney buffets. Uh, that's where we went. You know, my family loves to eat. Brian loves to eat. It was a match made in heaven. Disney buffets all day, every day. So you go to this one. It's called Trails End. Uh, it's like a cabin style. Um, you know, it's still, you know, somewhat upper class-ish. You know, it's Disney. They're expensive. <laughs> and we're like on our second loaf of uh, French toast. Uh, Brian's going deep in the Mickey waffle. <laughs> and he, you know, he goes up, he comes back, and he's just got like this look on his face. Like, I thought something happened. He sits down, he like puts his plate, and he's just kind of sitting there. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I got the biggest glob of butter you could imagine, like the size of a baseball. I went to throw it on my plate and I missed, and it just went splat on the middle of the floor. And he's like, I didn't know what to do. Like, that was the last of the butter. I wasn't going to wait. So I just left. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> so like, like a minute, a minute later, my dad comes back from the buffet. He's been up there too. He comes out without knowing anything. He sits down. He goes, you guys are not going to believe this. There's like a softball sized slab of butter in the middle of the ground. I think people like are slipping on it. Like all this fucking Brian, just looking at Brian like, you just left it? What? That's Brian's butter. So that, that was, that was the first one. That was, you know, that's my first experience with Brian and Disney. Second one. All right. We go we go to the water park. There's this water park called Typhoon Lagoon. They have this slide called the Crush and Gusher. Okay, it's a ra- it's like a combination of like a raft ride with like a roller coaster. It's a water okay. coaster. Okay. And what's amazing about it is that you can fit up to three grown men on one raft, and you sit like you know in one one one, and you have to hold each other's feet. So it's like he really got close to my dad this trip, and uh, <laughs> so. We- the like the trip before this, me and my dad had a, an incident on this ride. Uh, it it was a fiasco. So we're like, Brian, oh we don't really want to go on this. Uh, it involved falling off and maybe my dad losing his swimsuit and uh, being naked on a slide. But that's for another time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, Brian's like, I want to go on this. It's my first time here. We're like, oh. I mean, all right. So I'm tying up my suit as tight as I can. You know, my dad's doing the same thing. So we go on this ride and, you know, we're all, we're all big guys and sure. they don't check for like a weight limit or anything. So we're going on this coaster. <laughs> it's this little inflatable raft and we're holding each other's like legs. And like, I'm telling Brian, like, don't let go like of my dad's legs. So we go on, you know, we get, we're going down the first jump. We get so airborne that like, I lose my grip and I'm like hanging on. I'm like, it's insane. Oh okay. So we get to like to the last drop. We get to the last shop, we go down and up, and we got so airborne that I came completely off the raft. And when doing so, Brian's legs, like I let go of his legs and they like landed like where I would sit. So I come down, I land flat on Brian's legs. So this we get off the slide and Brian's just kind of floating along. Oh like, I think I broke my legs. I think I broke both my legs. He's just kind of doggy paddling to the side. And I'm like, should we get help? Or like, no, I don't want to both my legs. I don't like, need any help. I swear to God, for the rest of the day, 
He's just like <laughs> he's just like uh, doggy paddling to the side, and he just goes to the nearest body of water and he just plops in the water and he's just sitting there holding his legs like with his eyes closed and it's he's sitting in the kiddie pool. So there's little kids like around him, like they're playing with buckets and things, and Brian's just sitting there like this. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so that's uh. <laughs> Brian's, uh, that was my first experience uh, uh, on a vacation with Mr. Brian Ernst here. <laughs> I had forgotten about the details of that water coaster one. Uh, I remember yeah. my coccyx hitting the uh, back of the slide. We got airborne when you're not supposed to. You're supposed to go along the slide oh. and land airborne down. <laughs> There's three of us. I uh, came down right on his legs. All right. I think he was like so mad at me. He just sat in the kiddie pool for the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) I think being worried about my legs being broken around a bunch of kids pissing in the pool, playing with buckets was a little bit more embarrassing than accidentally dropping some butter. So that means that Nathan, you will be getting the bonus points, which we were tied at 10, 10, so three points to Nathan puts you as the victor, thirteen to oh. ten today. Thank Hallelujah. you, Kevin. Hallelujah, man! Kevin coming in with the closer there. Uh, well, bitch out here. Well, it it's St. Patrick's Day, as we all know, and we cannot leave today without hearing my Fast Five send off of the definitive, definitive, too many beers deep list of the top Patricks. Of all time. Number five, Danica Patrick, with over 368 races under her belt across NASCAR and the IndyCar series. Hailing from Beloit, Wisconsin, this Patrick breaks too many ceilings to count, including teaching me what domain names were thanks to GoDaddy. Appreciate that. Number four, Patrick Stewart. This non-American treasure is a no-brainer for this list. The man read us all of Shakespeare's sonnets, one a day during the pandemic with the 80th one landing on his 80th birthday. Is there anything more poetic than that? He's Picard. He's Professor X. He's my hero. Number three, Patrick Starr. The real reason we tuned into SpongeBob, we had to get through all the annoying bits to get to the best part, a chipper starfish living under a rock where we all wish we could be. Number two. Patrick Swayze, two words, Roadhouse. Runners up, Patrick Warburton, (laughs) Pat Benatar, and Patrick Dempsey sadly did not make the cut, but coming in at number one, Mr. Miyagi himself, Pat Morita. How can we pass up such great advice as if it comes from inside you. It's always the right decision. Win, lose, no matter. You make good fight, earn respect, then nobody bothers you. And he was Arnold Takahashi on Happy Days, the Emperor of China and Mulan. Pat Morita, the best Patrick of all time. It's on the list. It is proven. This week's edition of Uber Cinco. Thanks to, uh, I can't talk. It's been too long. That is this week's edition of Uber Cinco. Thanks again to our special guest, Kevin Pope. Listen to him again on the Marvelous Podcast and at Disney World today. Thank you, sir. From high atop his ginger mountain has been... Mitch Brinkman. And the man with more Coke Zero than blood has been... Nathan Hennenfent. 
And I have been Brian Ernst. And as BizBear always says, kiss my Blarney stones, you honey-stealing sack of crap. Auf Wiedersehen and adios. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash UBK Studios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay. Keep tabs on us on all the social media at UBK Studios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys. Yeah.